you have this group of people that have never been in business. And like myself, I joined, you know, all the networking groups that I've joined, like Apex and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so I went from having nobody around me that I can talk to about entrepreneurship things or business ownership things that is also in that space to being surrounded by, like you said, eight, nine, you know, figure earners and stuff like that. And there's a definite um, gap there. You know, there's a drastic difference. Like these people are dropping stuff in there that's like, hey, you know what? For $20,000, you can turn your $20,000 into X, Y, and Z and everything. And I'm like, that's great. You have the knowledge, the experience, and the talent needed to succeed. But in the day and age we live in, skill is not enough. Your story is the most powerful tool in your arsenal. This show will help you tap into that resource and learn how to leverage your message to gain deeper influence and build a lasting legacy. Tune in each week as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and authors share how they built empires on the backs of their story. You're listening to Stories That Sell with your host, Scott Ramage. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, I have with me Kate Shipman. She owns Kate's Carts and Catering, and this is a totally new uh, business discussion because we've never really had a brick and mortar come on, like a brick and mortar business, one that's not fully online. So I'm actually really excited about this. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you. Um, I've personally owned like real businesses that are like, you know, serving a city or an area. And it's a totally different game. So actually, um, coming into this this interview, I was kind of like going back through all of the people I've interviewed, and I don't think I've interviewed anybody with just a local business. So super excited about that. I know we have a ton to learn from you. Um, you were just you just did some speaking on stage not too long ago. Let's hear about that. Um, yeah, Kyle Slaymaker put on an event called the Slaymaker Success Summit, and um, I was out there to speak, and I kind of just spoke about some of the like adversity that I faced in my business and a little bit about my story, where I came from, and everything, and it was super awesome. So um, I'm going to run with it, because why not? I'm coming into slow season. I've got time to put into it, so it'll kind of kick off um, my other second baby business um that i just developed yeah in the last couple of months right and i read a post you did today and i do want to talk about that because i think it's a really really amazing point it's something that i've experienced in my life and that's kind of like the season stuff so i want to talk about that i want to put a little like pin in it for now because i want to hear your sure. story you know you're 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 an entrepreneur you're a business owner and you own um you know like food carts like yeah you posted a picture of like these hot dogs the other day. I was like, oh my gosh, I am a like, I literally made <laughs> hot dogs last night. I'm like, I have to eat hot dogs. I absolutely love them. <laughs> so you totally triggered that in me. And, um, and so tell us a little bit about your story. Like, I'd love to know how you got started in this. And I'm sure there is a, a ton of really interesting things you've gone through as you've, as you've built this up. Yeah. So before I became a business owner, I had managed several different kinds of businesses from retail to um, fast food to like actual sit down restaurants and stuff like that. Um, and I always loved managing, but 
then I, and I thought I was going to be like the CEO. Like I was just going to be like red lipstick, high heels, suit outfit, like pant and suit condo with a chihuahua. That was my plan. Um, and then I got pregnant and then I realized how much it sucked being gone all the time. I would drop my daughter off at like sometimes five, six o'clock or sometimes earlier than that in the morning and, um, not get back to her some days until, you know, eight thirty, nine thirty 30 at night and everything. And it was just like, I wanted to keep building my career because I'm a very um, career driven person. I like to, I love to work. I love working. Um, I cannot stress that enough, but also I really love my daughter. So there was a big internal struggle there on what I needed to do. So I was like, you know, I was working 60, sometimes more hours a week being a regional training manager, I would fix broken stores, I would train new managers, I was, I ran my own store while doing all this, there was times where I wasn't in my own store for three weeks, and it was still expected of me that my store and team would run as they should as if I was standing right there with them. Um, and I did super well at it. I was like, I was quickly working my way up the ladder. Um, but then you get to that point where you're like, but I'm watching my kid grow up through pictures and videos and stuff. And so that was it. I, I mean, I didn't even make, you know, retail does not pay well. Like, let's just be honest. So I was gone all these hours, never got to see my kid. And then I was still struggling. So one day I was just like, yeah, you know, I've been doing this for everybody else for such a long time. I could definitely do this for myself. Um, and if I still struggle, at least my kid can be with me. So whatever, let's fucking go, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so I actually ended up in April of 2018. I took out a loan against my 401k because I had a family friend that had fallen on some really hard times and he spent his last pennies on getting a hot dog cart <laughs> and he lived in South Carolina. So he had the weather on his side. Obviously I live in Ohio, so not as much, but we run with it. Um, so I was like, okay, I could do that. I love feeding people. I can, I love being outside. I love traveling and moving around. So that'll keep me from getting bored and stuff. Um, so yeah, like I said, I, in April of 2018, I took out a loan on my 401k. I um, bought my first hot dog cart. And then Father's Day weekend of 2018 was the first weekend I actually went out after I got licensed and everything. I Picked up my hot dog cart, I want to say, on maybe Friday the weekend before or something. And then there was some shit that was broken on it right from the manufacturer. Oh, no. They made it right. I did. I had to drive. Um, I had it custom built out in Tennessee. So I drove um, like down and back to pick it up. So and there's not a lot of hot dog mechanics around so i like the sink didn't work it was just like a faulty um plumbing or whatever and there was something else that was wrong with it the company was totally good about it they overcompensated for the issues and i got it fixed and the health department came out the following friday and like friday night at like i want to say six or seven o'clock i got a message from a um big racetrack out by me that was like hey uh, we really need food people, um, for tomorrow. We have a big car show, big race, whatever. I was planning on going to a yard sale with my food cart and like hoping to sell like 50 to a hundred hot dogs. 
Um, but I was like, uh, this seems like a good way to get my feet wet, a little car show or whatever. And I got my ass handed to me for six hours <laughs> that Saturday. It was insane. I had um, a couple of family members show up, a couple of friends show up. My daughter's dad had to like leave for a supply run for me because I ran out in the first half hour that I was there. Then my brother called because he was on the way down and I'm like, I need you to get me blah, 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 you know. And then my sister called because she was coming down and I was like, I need you to pick up this stuff. And it was just wild. Um, I made my entire week's salary in that five hours that wow. I was there. Um, so and obviously, so then I'm like, yes, this is it. Like I am sold, you know. And then so they invited me back Sunday for the same thing. And I, I was like, all right, I'm, obviously, you know, so I offered to pay like three people's admission into the event so that they could come and help me. And like, I went and spent like half the money I made that day on all this shit that I needed for the next day to try and be ready. So we didn't have to go on supply runs. And um, yeah, I grossed $35. Oh. <laughs> everybody was packing up to leave like that day, which makes sense. Like it was a swap meet, a car show and races. So Sunday, everybody was packing up to leave. And I just got like, I don't know, like they just didn't, they failed to tell me that that's what was going to happen on Sunday. Lesson learned. But either way, I was hooked. I was like, oh, bro, like what a rush, right? You're just like, okay, I made all this great money on Saturday and I totally got fucked on Sunday. But like, let's go do it again, right? So, <laughs> so that was kind of like my beginnings. Um, I went from car shows and stuff in the summertime. I was still obviously working my corporate job. So I was working um, five and a half days a week with them. And then my half day, I would go in like extra early. Like we had to be in by six. I was going in at like four o'clock so that I could get my half day done by like um, nine o'clock or so. And then I could leave and go work a lunch shift somewhere with my food cart. And then on my one off day, I would work the food cart on the off day. And obviously that's very tiring. Um, So at some point I was just like, I knew, I knew that the food cart was where I was going. By this point, I was like, I'm not like the company I was working for was not going to be the end of my story. Um, I got a lot of really bad feedback from like my boss, obviously, because he knew I was like working up the ladder and everything. And I told him about what had happened. And he was just like, well, just remember, that's only a seasonal thing. And I was like, hmm, challenge accepted. (laughs) you know exactly. so <laughs> so i um yep i became an official business in april i opened opened the doors quote unquote in june and october 2nd was my last day in the corporate world um i just got to the point where i was like i can either build this or i can continue to grow with them but i can't do both because I'm not trying to work seven days a week. I want to be able to spend time with my kid. Um, So the only obvious choice was to go full time on an open air food cart in October in winter. So that's what happened. (laughs) Um, So it was whatever. I figured people still eat in the wintertime, you know, so we're just going to bundle up. 
Um, I took that. I went to a bunch of like factories and stuff. And I picked up a location because the factories are more willing to let you set up inside because they want that it's having a food truck out at your company is a win-win for everybody. It reduces company like um, it gives employees more time to eat as long as the food service is efficient enough. It gives them more time to eat. They don't have to leave the property. So it's less likely that they'll be late getting back to work from lunch because of an accident or traffic or a long lunch line or something like that. Um, and it provides a service for the employees that is just kind of like next level compared to, you know, hurry up and go. You have 30 minutes, get back here. You know, like, no, we, we have it here for you if you want it, you know? Um, and that's kind of what I like told I made like a little portfolio that had like my insurance, some pictures of my food, my menu, pictures of my food cart. And I literally went door to door knocking at every factory that I could that had more than 50 employees. And I was like, Hey, I just want to speak to your HR. This is what I offer. I'd love to come and feed your people. So I scored this huge factory by me. It's a greenhouse factory. Um, and they rotate out about a thousand employees year round between 600 and 1,000, and they're throughout um, like three or four facilities. So I was setting up for them about three days a week um, in the different facilities, feeding all their people. And I also had picked up a little factory like two minutes down the road from my house. Um, they were smaller, but they were a pretty solid location to start with. Um, so that was my bread and butter for a long time, was just doing private lunches for factories. Uh, and then COVID hit and I was like on my way to that facility that had um, all the like three or four factories that I fed. And I was like on my way there to feed their people. And they're like, sent me an email and they're like, oh, hey, no outside visitors. And I was like, what? Um, I've, but I've got a freezer full of food over here. Like, what am I supposed to do, you know? So in this course of time, I had picked up a couple of street locations because I am a street food vendor um, and I didn't want to be just in the factories all summer. Like I wanted to get outside during the summer, you know, so I went to um, a local tractor supply store and that was like my street spot. Um, I set up outside of their front doors. I did super well there. Um, but it was just like once in a while, like when the weather was nice on the weekends or whatever, I would be out there. Well, whenever I lost the factories because um, the one just slowed down um, and then the other one because of COVID, I just went to Tractor Supply and I set up there. And that, thankfully, I... It's I hate saying this, but um, you never want to say anything good comes from a pandemic. But um, my business blew up because wow. of that. I was taken from a very small collection of eyes and put in front of a very public location. Um, so it got me a lot of new customers and it allowed me to really dive into like the crazy ass hot dogs that I'm known for. Whereas like the factory locations, I didn't do all that because they were more of the low ticket. They just wanted a chili cheese dog and stuff like that, which was great. Um, but I wanted to do like some wild stuff. So um, that is where I started doing all of my specialty dogs, which is where we found our niche and um, took off from there. I had like a pretty good cult following 
by the summertime of COVID. Um, <laughs> that's also the first place that I got, that I found out that I would have to take on franchises um, kind of head on because um, there was a, a competitor in the town that had complained about me setting up in front of Tractor Supply because they said that I had people congregating in front of my cart. Um, but Tractor Supply and I were following all of the rules and regulations. We had cones out every six feet and stuff like that. And the day that it happened, there was a big family of um, about eight people that got out of an Escalade. And I appreciate the guidelines, but I'm not going to police eight people that came out of the same vehicle and tell them they can't stand next to each other. And like I said, I did have a pretty good cult following by this time. So I had total probably about 30 people in line waiting for, um, I think a Reuben dog is what I was doing that day. And so I got a complaint from the health department about people congregating. Tractor Supply got a complaint that they were congregating. So then Tractor Supply was like, you can't set up out here until the COVID regulations are lifted. And I was like, oh. <laughs> again okay so I found a new spot in front of the Napa Auto Parts store right in the middle of town it only moved me to a better location um I was very blessed in that um so yeah that was kind of where that went well um, you, you talk about like you know saying there was good that came out of that and I was working with lots and lots of small business owners through COVID remotely I was consulting with them and my business was born during COVID and the businesses that were meant to really thrive, I believe took it on as a way to grow. And that sounds to me like what you did. Like you took, this as like, okay, here's a challenge. How am I going to continue to pivot to get ahead and, and look what it did. I mean, you got so much exposure from tractor supply and then the auto pot part store I have a question. Were you working these alone this entire time or did you have staff at this point? Hey, before we get started, imagine having a team of virtual assistants helping you out with everything from scheduling appointments, nurturing leads, processing payments, sending out marketing emails, creating content, managing your social media accounts, and so much more. The Ace for Gyms is here to make sure your business runs as smoothly as possible so that you can focus on what matters most, serving your clients. We offer a wide range of services that will completely run your business and give you the one thing everyone is limited on, more time. Check out our website at www.vasforgyms.com. That's V-A-S-F-O-R gyms.com and book an appointment to find out more. Yeah, I didn't bring on my first employee until my second full summer in business. Okay. So in 2018, I got my feet wet. 2019, um, I like ran by myself. And then um, 20, I want to say 2020, like the middle of summer on 2020 is whenever I brought on a cashier because um, I was just... I was selling like over a thousand dollars in hot dogs in three hours. And, wow. um, that's, 
<laughs> like the it's it's so doable it's so doable but it is so stressful so i was like and then i felt bad because people were literally standing in line for like so long just waiting because i'm not just like making a hot dog with ketchup and slinging it out to them you know um a lot of my specialty dogs have like five or six or seven or eight toppings so it takes a minute to you know it takes a minute to get through all those and we also like cut our buns to order i have our buns like fresh baked for us and we cut them as we serve them um to like retain the freshness it's part of the show it's part of the quality and stuff like that um so it takes a minute so i was like all right let me get a cashier plus i had picked up some really big events that um was just absolutely insane um not all days are that not all days are that way obviously but i had a really good following and it was steady enough that i brought on a cashier um probably like mid 2020 um and then yeah i agree with you so the other part of covid is that i did not get any of the grants this um funding i didn't get any of the small business um I got nothing, absolutely, like literally nothing. I didn't even get all of the um, child stimulus checks or whatever because somehow wow. they fucked up the stimulus payments or something. And I've submitted to like correct it because they're claiming it as though I've gotten it. And uh, I've, <laughs> but it's been a whole fucking process. So I didn't even get all the stimulus checks. And I just knew um, I didn't. I've never taken out any loans aside from the four hundred one k loan to buy my cart. I've never gone into debt. I've just built everything like penny by penny as I can. Um, and yeah, so I was in the middle of a pandemic and like, I'm just like, you know, all these businesses are getting all this crazy fucking money to shut down. And I did get some backlash because I didn't shut down, but I was like, bro, the only person bailing me out is me, you know, like nobody right. else is paying my bills. They're not going to stop collecting them just because I don't have an income. Like I'm taking my ass to work. I'm going to feed people, you know? And I, um, I was also very like adamant that I was going to be like a staple in the community of like normalcy. Um, I didn't start pushing all the bullshit. I don't want to say bullshit, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I was not like, Oh, you can't come here if you don't wear a mask or anything. I'm just like, dude, I am so happy to see your smile. What can I get you today? You know, like, what can I make for you? Cause I didn't wear a mask the whole pandemic. I was out you know, thousands of people all the time. Like, so I didn't, I wasn't pressing that on my people. I was just grateful that they were still comfortable coming out into the world and getting sunshine and sharing their smiles. Um, so that was another thing. And, I would imagine, you know, I hate to interrupt you, but I imagine yeah. that that was part of the success. Just even just being there, consistency, smiling, people seeing a face, like, Talk about a great way to make sales is just be a face because that was a a major missing element during that time. And plus just someone to smile at and have interactions with. with. Um, I mean, I'm just going to commend you for being true to yourself and carrying <laughs> through. And I bet that actually, like I know I was looking for businesses that were just doing what they needed to do. and And I literally have made like there's certain businesses I will never stop doing business with because of the way they operated during the pandemic. They were, they were resolute. They were still delivering an amazing product. They weren't being, they weren't standing on some high moral ground. They were just, we're, we're here to serve. And I think that that set a lot of people apart. So 
just I agree with you. Um, and I don't think that we're the only people that feel that way. I think there was a line drawn in the sand for a lot of the people, um, a lot of businesses in the pandemic. You know, there is um, the Ohio Restaurant Association and um, that they were like huge proponents of trying to keep restaurants open and trying to keep them, you know, operating as smoothly as possible. You know, Ohio has a ridiculous amount of small mom and pop shops. And when they put in these like six foot regulations and glass between the booths and stuff like that, a lot of these businesses don't have money to install glass in the booths. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or to, I mean, in Wellington, most of the businesses, which, well, I'm from Wellington, Ohio, um, small, small town, like 8,000 people. Um, in Wellington, most of the businesses are not even big enough to support like three tables in them while maintaining the six foot distance. So there's like one of the bars in town um, that they just shut down. They went, they're like, nope, takeout only. We can't, we, you know, cause then you have to pay staff to feed those two or three tables but you can only have two tables at a time and you're just losing money, you know? Um, so, and there's um, some places that still haven't opened that were planning on opening either pre pandemic or during the pandemic um, that they held off on opening until the like regulations and stuff could, would lift up because it, they would just not be making any money or anything. Um, and, you know, grocery stores and stuff like, so I do live in a, um, conservative town um so uh, it it there was like a divide like what store can i go into that is going to call me out about not wearing a mask and what stores can i go to that is just going to let me buy some groceries for my kid you know and a lot of that that really did create a divide and you saw that like people were like i won't shop here because they want to force me to wear a mask and this is ridiculous and then there's other people that are like, I won't shop here because they're not following the rules and regulations. And I'm over here like, bring it all. What you got? You want a mask? You, if you have a mask, I'll feed you. If you don't have a mask, I'll feed you. If you want to hang out at my cart and chat with your neighbor for an hour, I'm down with it. I'll chat with you guys. You know, if you want to just like wait in your car, like place your order online and wait in your car, I can bring it over to you, you know? Um, and I agree that a lot of my, that that definitely helped my business because like I said, I do live in a more conservative town in a more conservative area. So a lot of them were anti-masks and um, they were like, yeah, we're really glad that you're here. Really glad to see your face today. And I'm like, yep. A couple of people were like, um, actually one of my franchise competitors that tried to get me shut down. They were one of the restaurants that like had their employees telling people like, we're not feeding you unless you put a mask on, you need to get out of our store. And like, they would come down to the cart because I was like a stone's throw away and they'd be like, well, they won't let me in because I'm not wearing a mask. So I'm getting lunch here today. And I'm like, I appreciate you. I'll That's see you perfect. next Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. You know, I heard a saying and I hate it. I hate it, but it rings so true. You know, it's the greater the adversity, the greater the paycheck. And or the greater the problem, the greater the paycheck check, because when you start to make waves, when you start to make a difference or start growth, there's people who are going to be threatened by that and they're going to cause problems. And it sounds exactly like what was happening, like, you know, and I, I see those things coming down the pike, someone complaining, someone reporting as really good news 
it sucks, but it's really good news because that means you're putting a hurt on them because you're taking some of their clients. It's the first thing I thought is like, oh, they reported you because you're hurting their business. And all that means, and I, and for me to see an entrepreneur, you know, small business owner, independent out there hustling and hurting a franchise, I have nothing against franchise, but when they get weird like that, when they get, you know, vindictive and turn people away because of some arbitrary, in my opinion, rule, then, um, then I'm like, yeah, this kicks ass. This is all I was thinking. It's like, this is awesome. This means she was putting the hurt on him. And, um, I think that's exciting. I think it's, I think it's a testament to that. I'll take anybody approach like that. And that, that I respect you where you're at. We don't have to disagree, agree. I just want to serve you food and give you a great experience. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I just, you know, the only thing, the only thing at my food cart, my only rule, well, I have two rules. First of all, we don't talk about snow is my like biggest rule. We don't talk about snow. Um, if people say snow at my food cart, I'm like, no, 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 we, no, that's not a conversation for the food cart. Talk about it over there. Um, and then during the pandemic, um, Obviously, I have very strong feelings about the situation and what side I am on, on all of it. And I will tell you, I'm not on like one side specifically or the other. I've got hard feelings about a lot of different topics. And um, but at the food cart, I would just ask people to like not bring the politics to the food cart and not in like a shitty way or anything. But just genuinely, and most of them, if we were having a conversation about it and there was nobody else around, it would be fine. Um, but I I really wanted it to still be an enjoyable place for everybody, you know, where a, a common ground where everybody loves food, everybody loves hot dogs, everybody loves being outside in the sunshine. Let's focus on the stuff that we all love, you know? Um, so if there was a crowd of people in the politics talk came on um I just kind of like steered it in a different direction I was never like don't talk about politics in my food cart because I'll talk politics all day with some of my favorite customers but there's a time and a place and like if you catch me when there's nobody else there let's let's get into it you know but um when there's a line of people I would try and just like steer the conversation and else in other directions um I just really wanted everybody to be able to enjoy it Um, but yeah, franchises, let's talk about franchises because that franchise that was pushing people away because they weren't wearing masks is, um, the same franchise owner that tried to get me chased out of one of the towns that I set up in with a food cart. And this franchise owner, they own four or five different subways. One of them in my hometown, one of them in LaGrange that I set up at. Um, one of them inside of an Oberlin Walmart and one of them inside of Oberlin where there is a big college town. It's like one of the biggest colleges in the U.S. They were so bothered that I was setting up in LaGrange for like two and a half hours, like once in a while that they tried, they sent their landlord out to set, to ask me to leave. So I was set up on the side of a highway in public parking in front of a hair salon. And these ladies were absolutely fabulous. They fought tooth and nail. This has been like a two-year battle. And they did finally win the battle, but they haven't won the war because they really fucked the local businesses over there. 
like I'm mobile, I can move, you know, like, and I, I stood my ground because I always do because I'm allowed to be there. So one day the landlord for the property came out and he was like, you're not allowed to be here. This is a conflict of interest for my tenants. And I was like, um, how? Because you don't own the highway and I'm on public parking on the side of the highway. So this is owned by LaGrange and LaGrange knows that I'm here and they love me. I feed their utility people all the time. I feed the police all the time. Um, I'm legally allowed to be here. I've got all my permits and stuff. And he was like, I'm not looking for problems. Could you please just leave? Subway's really upset that you're setting up out here and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, respectfully, no. Um, if you'd like lunch, I can serve you some lunch, but otherwise I'm not going anywhere unless you get the sheriff out here to shut me down. And, um, then I'm going to show him all my permits that say that I'm allowed to be here also. Um, so that was like round one. <laughs> and then they, uh, the owner of the hair salon came out and she was like, she's not going anywhere. This is ridiculous. I love her to death. She's a little spitfire. Um, <laughs> she's not going anywhere. I invited her to be out here, blah, blah, blah. So then that, so that didn't work. And then they had, um, their general manager start coming out whenever I would set up and they would like harass the hair salon owner because she was the one that invited me to come out there. So when I stood my ground, they stopped communicating with me altogether. They wouldn't even like look at me, nothing. So then they started trying to make problems for her. She's like, this is ridiculous. She's out here for two hours. Like, once in a while you're not even like what are you talking about and I was like I'm not trying to hurt anybody's business but I literally sat up there like I want to say it was like eight times that entire year for wow. two and a half hours like if you're that bothered by my like 40 hours of business all year long that's an internal problem that's not an external problem and you need to look inside don't you think that's a, uh, in my opinion, it's a completely wrong mindset. Here's how I would see it. When you have an abundant mindset, if you serve food and another food service comes close to you, there's a good chance that people are, that come with those people that are coming for the hot dogs don't like hot dogs and might come in and order a sandwich. It's, I it's am, just more exposure. It's, yeah, it's silly. <laughs> I am in complete agreement with that because I think that business breeds business and competition builds business. And I am a very like true, absolutely 100% believe that there's enough that we can all win, you know? Yeah. Just like you said, if they don't like hot dogs, they're gonna go into Subway and get a sub. And if they don't like subs, they're gonna come out and get a hot dog. Either way, now they know that there's not just one destination for food in that town, there's two, you know? So now they're more apt to come out to there instead of going to other towns to grab lunch. They don't see it that way. It, I. I am surprised by the amount of pushback that I get back from bigger businesses compared to the amount of, or the lack of pushback that I get back from the smaller businesses that I actually have a more direct impact on. Um, so they had their employees calling the general managers and the landlord every time that I would show up. They came out, so they couldn't get me off the street, but I had my cooler plugged into the salon owner's wall. So then they threatened her. She's been in that building since they like owned it pretty much for like decades, I'm pretty sure. And um, they told her that if I that it was a breach of contract because I was she was letting me use the plug in her wall. 
and she was like, all right. I was like, this is fine. I have an inverter in my van. I could plug it right into my van. It's not a problem. And Heather, bless her heart, is over here like, I'll pull my truck over there. She can plug right into the tailgate of my truck. I don't care. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so then that happened. So we just didn't plug into the wall anymore. Then they had their delivery driver complain because he couldn't pull in and park at the spot. He had to walk like an extra 20 feet into the store to drop off his food or whatever. So then I made friends with him because I just fed him free lunch. And I told him that I really appreciate him working around us because if it wasn't us, it would be somebody else's car there. It's not, you know, like whatever. Um, it's public parking. He can't stop everybody from parking there. And then he, we were great friends. He started showing up and was like, don't leave until I get lunch. And I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, um, so the owners were more pissed about it. And then they finally, the last straw was that they went to city council and actually petitioned instead of trying to come after me, they petitioned to have the parking taken away on the side of the highway. They said it was dangerous to park there. So now they won the battle because they got the parking removed, but that removed the parking for the hair salon because there's only like four parking spots by that side of the building. So that removed like five parking spots in an already very congested parking area. So now the salon owner, all the salon workers um, all have to like park in public parking a block away. And that's going to definitely hurt those other local businesses and the salon in the long run because, you know, elderly people are not going to walk from public parking a block away in icy winter conditions. Um, so they really, so I moved around the corner so that I'm directly in front of their store across the street at a church parking lot with much more parking. So I'm still very much a presence in that area. And it actually helped me because it's a better spot with better parking. And they are just, they can't, like, they're just screwed on parking for all the public businesses over there. The energy that they spent, like, instead of spending that energy, this is great, a great lesson. Instead of spending that energy on what you want to get rid of, spend that energy on what you want. I want more clients. What can I do yeah. to get more customers? Not what can I do to get rid of that person? It's just like anything. When you focus on the negative, all your energy goes to that area and you're neglecting such a growth opportunity. It's just insane insanity to me. And I love your, um, your tenacity. I mean, I would not want to <laughs> mess <you>. with you. <laughs> yeah. So that really hurt them because, you know, that news got out. Like I was very like, Hey guys, um, I didn't name them on my public page or anything, but I was just like, Hey, this is why I'm not in LaGrange anymore right now because a franchise, they're the, literally the only franchise besides the gas station. I'm like, because a franchise owner in LaGrange doesn't want me to be there, blah, 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 you know, and this is what happened. Now there's no parking. Uh, I am looking for a new location. If you guys have a lead on one, let me know. I'd love to check it out. So <laughs> I got like four or five different location offers in that time, like within 30 minutes of it that post had over a hundred comments over like wow. 200 like reactions to it and stuff like that. So I know that that didn't help them any. And then I ended up stealing one of their employees too, because like she <laughs> wanted to come work for me, like, and she's one of my best employees. So that's been awesome. Um, yeah. And like, you know, speaking of like big businesses giving you more pushback than the small businesses, 
and maybe they're onto something. Maybe these big businesses know, like, it's like that, you know, have you ever seen that Disney movie Ants? Like, if you let one of them, then they all will kind of thing. Yes. So, like, maybe that's the big business viewpoint of it. But, like, a rising tide raises all ships, you know? Like, we can all win. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to take enough business from you that puts you out of business unless you have some real issues in your business, you know? Um, so, the other, there's a food truck speaking like big businesses this um food truck guy owns like 17 trailers you know and he fought like like at events he fought because he sells lemonade he's got a food trailer that's literally set up just to sell lemonade he can sell thousands of them in an hour um i make mason jar lemonade it's in a 32 ounce mason jar it's super pretty it goes with like my brand and everything um I can't carry thousands of jars of lemonade with me. Like, are you crazy? You know? So he got like, he has like fought tooth and nails about like having me at events where I was selling lemonade. Um, meanwhile, he's over there selling corn dogs. I didn't say shit. I don't care. Go sell. He's selling corn dogs for $6. Like I'm not selling hot. I'm not going to sell a hot dog with ketchup for $6. I have nothing to worry about, you know? Um, and it goes back to like a rising tide raises all ships. We can all win out here. Um, but now I'm being invited to, and like, at first I only saw him once in a while, but now I've made such like a little mark on the map that I'm being invited to more and more of the big events that he's doing. Um, so I worked it out with the event people that I would just sell citrus shakeups instead of lemonade. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I just won't sell regular lemonade. I'll just sell my fruit lemonade in the jars. Oh my say- gosh. What are you going to do? Like, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's just, it's, a, it's incredible. You know, I do see two types of business owners very, 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 fr- like over and over again. Those that you have, you have, this is rising ship, you know, rising tide raises all ships, that mindset. And then the mindset of, I must kill all competition and they may make some money, but they must be miserable. To complain that someone yeah. else is just selling lemonade, a completely different product. I mean, it's kind of like saying, hey, that one, that guy carries Coke and I carry Pepsi. We can't. Yeah. It's like and ridiculous. That's, yeah. That's a yeah. lot of what I face, though, is like, it's just like, that's why I said it's so crazy to me that these huge businesses are like so bothered by a one person, essentially a one person operation. Like I'm just a mom from Wellington. Like I'm, I can only sell so much in an hour. I don't have, you know, most of these food trailers that he owns has like four or five employees. I'm not keeping up with that. Like I'm not, I would never claim to be keeping up with that. You know what I'm saying? But like to be that bothered by my presence, I mean, really? Like, I would You're trying to like at- take money out of us, uh, out of a little us, uh, like little family. You know what I'm saying? Like you're yeah. threatened by a little family over here just with a food cart. Like stop. That's but silly. that's a, that's another lesson in of itself. Because if you were to peel back that onion, there is a really good chance he's upside down. There is a really good chance that his expenses are far too much for his margin, and he's looking at you going, "Yes, yeah, she's crushing it." Um, you know, there's just so much there. Like anytime someone reacts like that, there's likely a bigger story. And my, my guess is is that he has to sell so much to carry his, his costs that you are a real threat. And then, and then you can also look at that and like, okay, Kate, me, Kate, 
how can I grow and not come into that scenario? Like, it's a great lesson for you. Like, yeah, ooh, here's some things I have to look look for. I have to look for if I get five carts, and I have how does that overhead affect my livelihood? And I, you know, it's just there's so many cool lessons you can learn in people's grumblings, right? <laughs> Like, yes. Like yeah. What is going on under the covers there? Because those trailers aren't cheap. I mean, they, no. this is no mm-hmm. joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, citrus shakeup like is awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically what you, your story is telling me that you have tenacity, you, you just look at ad- adversity and just make a way through because with the subway thing, well, you know, and it's not Subway as a comp. It's not Subway as a franchise. It's his franchise owner. He's very yeah. small minded. Yep. He's probably hurt his business quite significantly because he's drawn negative attention to himself. Yeah. And um, and here you are, just tenacious and happy to see people, and people love love a lot more than they love someone who's grumbling. So yes, uh, what yep. a cool story. Push through. Yeah. I want to talk about something before we run out of time and. You made a post, I believe it was today. I don't know if it was public or, you know, inside a group, but you said something about this slow season coming up. And you match a slow season, you match snow, kind of where you're at, gloomy weather. That's one reason I moved to Texas, by the way, because I lived in Oregon. (laughs) It was always gray in the winter and I was depressed. It was horrible. Um, But you, you made two comments. You talked about slow season, but then you said the word love working. And so I want to talk a little bit about that because you are in a very seasonally um, positioned business, but you mentioned that you've got something you're doing to fill that gap. So I think, again, here's a problem. Kate is going to look at it and say, there's got to be a better way to do something. So now what is it you're doing? And is this, is this your solution to the slow problem or is this your solution to the slow problem in conjunction with the fact that you love working? Um. I would say it's a combination of both. So on the food side Mm -hmm. of things, um, in the winter, we offer a service called Meals Prepped. It's pretty much home style meal delivery service. We literally like cook it, everything, drop it off at your door once a week. um, And you just microwave in it and eat it. And that's a lot of what we do during the winter time. Um, But I know what you're referencing to is my business called She Drinks From Skulls. so I have spent a lot, that's ba- that business name came from the book that I wrote. Um, and I oh, have done a lot cool. okay. of like self-work, self-development. I've faced a lot of bullshit in my business and everything. Um, so I did, like you said earlier in the show that I had started um, speaking and I spoke on at the event for Kyle. Um, and I feel like there's... Um, maybe a general lack of entrepreneurial knowledge out there or entrepreneurial places to learn from. You don't learn a bunch of business ownership stuff in school. You know what I'm saying? Um, Like they're very much like stand in line, show up for class on time, leave on time, eat your lunch, do the work. That's it. You know? Um, there's a lot of shit that I had to learn in my own business. Like I literally was just like fumbling through the dark. I mean, fuck, I'm almost five years in now and I'm still fumbling through the dark, trying to figure out where I'm going, um, what my next steps are. There's not a very clear roadmap on food truck ownership or food cart ownership 
much less business ownership in general. I mean, I think most entrepreneurs can agree that there's a plethora of resources out there, but like putting all those resources and like knowing what's step A, what's step B and such, so on and so forth and actually applying it. Um, so that's kind of where I'm going with the she drinks from stalls thing. I want to be able to help entrepreneurs and small business owners, local and at large, um, kind of connect all the dots. Uh, so you, there's a lot of events out there that are very much like motivational and they teach you a lot. They all want to talk about their specialties, you know, marketing and speaking and sales and um, you know, HR in your business and so on and so forth. There's a million topics in the business industry that you can speak on. Um, I want to specialize in providing that information, whether from myself or from other speakers that I come, that I can bring in um, that specialize in those areas and really being able to teach people how to apply it. You know, um, I don't, I want to have more intimate events and more intimate speaking engagements where, you know, either myself or the speaker can speak on their special topic. And then there's time for Q and A or workshops afterwards and stuff like that. So I want, I, that's where I'm at. Um, I want to take my own experiences and I want to share my story with the world because I didn't come from shit. You know, I didn't in, I did not inherit anything. I didn't take any loans out. I'm not in any kind of debt for my business. I'm not, you know, I, I came from nothing and I've got a six figure business that is consistently growing year after year. And I built it from nothing, you know, absolutely nothing, less than nothing really, you know, and I want to be able to share my story with the world while also providing them value that they can apply aside from just the motivation. Like I get a lot of messages and I super appreciate it because it means that some, like I'm, I'm on the right path. You know, I get a lot of messages um, from people that are like, dude, I just want to let you know, like you're my morning motivation every day. I really, you know, that's great. Motivation is wonderful because it's, it's lacking. You know, I mean, let's just be honest. Like there's a lot of days that I'm not motivated to go to the gym, but you show up, you know, and like, that's the part I want to instill in people is like, you know, the motivation, the imperfect action, the perseverance, but I want to be able to bring in other people that can offer the more specific value to the table. Like specifically, how do local small businesses need to market on social media? Specifically, what are financial plans, what your financial plans should look like? And here are the tools to take you forward with that. I want to fill the gap in that there is there for the entrepreneurs. There's a big gap, I'm sure. And I'm really excited to watch you. I, I get a little bit of a peek into because you share it within our group. Hey, here's what I'm thinking. And yeah, it's it's really fun. It's really fun for me because I've done a lot of entrepreneurial things. I've opened multiple businesses and watching someone from the beginning of an idea start to kind of like put things together and then watching that trajectory and the the falls and the rises, it's, it's going to be a blast to watch. And it absolutely is a need. I, I was thinking I live in a metropolis, you know, like a, a definitely a metro area. And I know of no like real, I guess I would call it grassroots entrepreneurial groups. It's all, most of these entrepreneurial groups that grow, they grow into this, you know, it's, it's um, nothing against it, but it, it, bigger businesses and, yeah. and these folks like, you know, my area, it's, it's people with eight, nine, 10 figure businesses. And I'm like, well, 
that doesn't apply to most of us. Will I get there? Yes. But there's still this grassroots movement that needs to happen in, in my personal opinion, because that's something that I could latch into and go attend and feel like I belong, but also that I could learn from each individual. I think that's phenomenal. Like if you're putting it together here, I'd be like the first in the door. (laughs) Let's go. What can I bring to the table? What can I give? Right? Yeah. Like you, I mean, just like you said, it's like you go from like, you have this group of people that have never been in business. And like myself, I joined, you know, all the networking groups that I've joined, like Apex and stuff like that. It's like, okay, so I went from having nobody around me that I can talk to about entrepreneurship things or business ownership things that is also in that space to being surrounded by, like you said, eight, nine, you know, figure earners and stuff like that. And there's a definite um, gap there. You know, there's a drastic difference. Like these people are dropping stuff in there that's like, hey, you know what? For $20,000, you can turn your $20,000 into X, Y, and Z and everything. And I'm like, that's great. That is fantastic. And I dig it, you know? But like, there's so many people in these networking groups that don't have $20,000 to their name, you know, and they're, but they're still entrepreneurs and they're still business owners and they still want to be able to learn and grow to the point that they can drop $20,000. Exactly. And like, I put myself in apex, um, the level I'm in to be in the room with people who are doing where, what I want to do, right? Like I'm buying myself up. I'm putting myself in rooms. I don't I need to believe that I belong there, but you know, I don't belong there yet because they're like, Hey, all you need is 20 grand to do X. I'm like, awesome. I'm all in as <laughs> right. soon as I got an extra 20 grand. Yeah. Right, but, exactly. but there's so much power in being in that room, but also putting yourself in the room with people all saying, let's help each other get there. And I right. think that's what it sounds like what you're creating, which is phenomenal. I mean, that is exactly. it's phenomenal. Like I said, I would be in a heartbeat. When, where, and how. I'm there. What can I bring? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's Thank really you. exciting. And I know that you got rave reviews from speaking at Kyle's event. And I believe that was his first event. So you got to kind of experience that. Yeah. Um, he killed it. It's a, you know, I, yeah, that's, it sounds like it was amazing. And I did my first event in September, the beginning of September and it was successful. And there's just this, there's so much need specifically outside of pandemic times to come together in person. And, and yeah, it's, I'm really excited to watch what you do, Kate. Um, Thank you. So obviously we know how to find you. I I literally, I want to say this again. I saw the picture of your hot dog and I had to go make my own. And uh, there were nothing like yours. I don't eat bread. So of course it was breadless. But <laughs> um, but I I was salivating. I have a Still good that- though. I had a pregnant loyal customer and she didn't eat hot dogs through her entire pregnancy. So she would come up and just order the specialty dogs with no hot dog in it for like (laughs) eight months. I swear to God. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Like that. It's a little weird, but that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Your toppings must be really good. So Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Caitlin, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to say before we close this one out? Um, I just want to say, like, just don't back down, stand your ground and keep pushing forward. Like, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. As long as you're running a legitimate business, offer a great product, have excellent customer service, and you can take on whoever and whatever. That's incredible. 
Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. And thank you listeners for listening to this episode. I think you're going away with a ton. And if you're ever in Kate's area, you've got to check her out. I, if I'm ever there, I'm going to go eat a hot dog. (laughs) No doubt about it. But, um, you know, take this as encouragement and like use this, the story she tells to drive yourself forward. Have a great day. for listening to the stories that sell podcast if you appreciated the content on the show be sure to leave a rating and review and subscribe to hear interviews with incredible guests each and every week